Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are in the house. The powerhouse, that is. You like that one? I do. I like that. Good job. <laughs> uh, Zach and Dan. Zach Shu, Dan Turbyville. Welcome Hello. back, all. Um, let's see. We're presented by a few of our companies. Company we, conglomerate. We've got, a, we've got a few sponsors. Right. Some uh, Memphis Fence Company. One. Uh, thanks for letting us use the space, Memphis Fence Company. Super gracious, as always. Yeah. Uh, MFC MFG or MFC Manufacturing. Uh, thanks for the table, I guess. Yeah. Had something to do with that. Um, yeah. And then Simpalo, uh, maybe the Wi-Fi signal. Yeah, thanks for the laptop. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. These cool logos are all, um, you know, inspired by these companies. And so it keeps us looking cool. Yeah, those cool logos are all a headache. <laughs> if you've never designed a logo, I can tell you it's a pain in the butt. It seems I, so simple, but it's so complicated. I find well, I find it to be a bit easier when you're the only input. You yeah. Know? And when you invite other people to discuss it with you, it gets. Well, that's a good point. I always am like, hey, everyone, come look at this. Tell me what you think. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I happen to be, I don't know if y'all have ever met me or listened to the show any, but I happen to be pretty opinionated on on some specific matters. There are some things I don't mind too much about, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Certain things. Yeah, what are those things you don't care about? I don't know. Um, I don't know if I'm at liberty to say. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll expound on it a bit. Michael was talking to me about the uh, origin. Uh, origin of humanity which sounds like a really big topic but honestly i'm i'm pretty okay like i don't really care how space got there mm. i think it's pretty awesome enough just to think that space is there yeah is that you know i mean yeah, i don't need okay. to know why we don't and, need to have that debate live on the air right i don't know that it has to be a debate i like i said i don't care so whatever <laughs> you think it is that's cool too yeah <laughs> whatever i know it is that's fine like i said all right are we live we are live we are live there's a phone number 901 and in the house live and in the house 901 <laughs> i almost have that phone number memorized now nice so, yeah that'll be good yeah, going that'll, forward, that'll be great. I won't have to look at the screen. And I cheat. hope you start giving everyone you meet that number instead of your phone number. I, they all go to the same place, so oh. it doesn't really matter. Cool. I, I think it's, I think it's important to divulge that moments before the opening of the show, I was all but asleep. Yeah. No, it's a true story. <laughs> I was pretty concerned, and then like we hit go live, and he just what happened? It's what happened? Impressive to see um all right what are we doing here man what do we got first, on tap for today first let's say thank you listeners so we are wrapping up 2023 we had this crazy idea to start a podcast and talk about commercial fence and things in that world and we've had some people listen and some people subscribe and some people who know us and it's uh it's been cool for us and hopefully it's been beneficial for some people that have listened to us and maybe someone's actually learned a thing or two yeah, so, the the one guy that I met at uh, the Finch show in Las Vegas that had heard the show and was familiar with, which was only like 
three weeks into us having this show. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But I mean, just that, just someone having been like, Hey man, I know you from your show. And that, that was pretty cool. Remember that's where I met my first fan. Yeah. I thought <laughs> turns out it actually wasn't, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool though. Um, yeah. So thanks listeners. Thanks all who've participated, all the guests, the guys who come on our show and, and attract new viewers. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's some people who have some existing podcasts and it seems like when they come on, we get a spike. So I really appreciate some people, those that guys showing us some love, you know, Hey, speaking uh, of being known, we are officially going to be a part of the media team for the tickets and picks or picks and pitchers or something the the finstech kickoff party that's cool and now it's we i had no idea yeah it's a thing. that means i'm going oh yeah. yeah i'm coming too this time and look you found out so far in advance i was the most awkward person at the kickoff party at fence at fence show in las vegas no. it's just called fence show right the, yeah. the show's called yeah. fence show i think which is confusing. The Fence and Security Expo? I don't know. The FWA show. But the logo just reads Fence Show. Yeah, we don't know what any of that stuff is called. We're terrible at it. I, well, I was at least the second most awkward person in the room. I was extremely tired. Were you right behind me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, there was this moment where you broke through and you were like, in, so, like doing social, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It happens every now and then, but it is a strange thing. Right. The show, like the arena, the actual show, I did pretty good. But when it came to like it's night and there's strange music and booze comes out, I'm like, I don't know this environment well. Yeah. Or what to do now. Like I guess it's like the businessy or like the quote unquote professional mm. character works, but the casual, I don't have one. Right. Well, you know, at the uh, at Tony Thornton's fence business conference, I think, you know, I mean, I was up with those guys until like four o'clock in the morning, just being all kinds of social. Well, luckily, social, so sober social. Here's actually. the cool. So picks and pitchers, I think, is what it's called. I'll get to. <laughs> we don't even know <laughs> if we're, in fact, on the media crew team list or whatever, then we'll get to be media people at least yeah i don't do like small talk so at the show it's easy to talk about fence and metalwork and podcasting and that stuff but oh this thing just says p and p well i know it's p and p but i don't know what no, that stands, stands for. for podcasters preview p and p okay All i right, think anyways it's, i think it's picks and pitchers pitchers and picks yeah it definitely has picks it was pickets and pitchers before, but this time it has picks in it because it's in Nashville, I guess. So it's like drink some beer and there's guitars because it's Nashville. Yeah. So, hey, everyone, go to the party and go autograph our guitar. Oh, yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. So there's a, I don't exactly understand it, but we did this sponsorship deal at the party where I guess there's going to be a wall of guitars and people can autograph your guitars. And then we'll have a guitar that has like our logos that's all autographed up and everything. So that's pretty cool. I'm not that's... sure what we're going to do with it, but. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
All right, so uh, let us know what you want us to talk about. We have a whole year coming up. We've got 52 episodes. Uh, I don't know. Hold Christmas, the phone! Christmas. Stop everything! I want to thank Ilaria. Ilaria. Oh, yeah, thank Because we thanked all the listeners, but she She's holds the one. it down. She has to listen and push I the think, buttons honestly, and not sleep. She, <laughs> she uh, afforded us some measure of comfortability to go down this path because mm-hmm. we trusted her quite a bit. Yeah, more than maybe more than we should have. Uh uh-uh. ha 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 ha. Just kidding. I got. I'm. Uh, but yeah. So I mean, I think her being here has been kind of the what was needed to be like turn this thing to a reality. Yeah, and so that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's worked out. And where would our uh, learn Italian segment be without Alaria? Uh, we wouldn't you know, have one. I didn't even include that in this agenda this week. What? I know. I know. I'm going for ice cream in coffee. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it's delicious. Have you ever had that? No, but you talked about that already. It's really good. What was Not it on the podcast. I talked to her off camera. What was it called? Affogato. Mm-hmm. Oh. Affogato. It's affogato. Oh, I forgot. Uh, I have to talk lazy. Affogato. See, you can do it, though. <laughs> it's so weird. You just have to, like, relax Not your whole face. open your mouth all the way. Affogato. <laughs> and you also got the tea right, which is pretty cool. See? that's the I've learned the secret. All right, so at least 50 episodes next year. Let, you know, let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Um, and if you want to be on the show, let us know. You don't want to just start over from the beginning of this year and go back through. Right, we're gonna do beginning. it all over again. We should do it in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, your was, laugh in the mic is. I'm sorry, that's just rough. for you. Um. All right. So, uh, what are we gonna talk about this time, Zach? <laughs> what are we gonna talk about? We're doing some reviews from our previous episodes. Um. Uh, we're going to recap some topics from earlier in the year. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's what I got. I don't know. Yep. Some of which being cash flow, I think, is on there uh, on the agenda for tonight. Um, yeah. 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 So we're just going to go back through some of the some of the things that I decided were important for you to know. I don't know what that's worth, but I think it might be cool to use uh, the email that we got right before the show. We'll exclude the names of the people and kind of touch on that request because it does pertain to some of the heavy hitter topics that we got into. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Is that too impromptu for you or too uh, from the hip? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, unless you want to talk a minute and let me read it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I've been working on... Um, we're getting ready for a trade show for Fence Tech 2024. We've talked about the after party and the thing that we're going to be doing, representing the part of the media team. That invitation is pretty cool. Um, it was extended to Dan, but I I go where Dan goes. So that's how that works. I told him, I said, Zach's a part of the team, and I'm not doing it without him. <laughs> I, which I wouldn't expect it otherwise. I'm just goofing off. So uh, what I've been doing for this, which, is preparing um this kind of a mobile booth basically so i'm building a gigantic steel pallet then i will weld a uh kind of an accordion like um or hinged 
casing that opens up that becomes our trade show booth. Uh, we saw something it's a portable like wall. it. Yeah, portable wall on a pallet that we're also going to integrate a, a desk into. And so I today, personally, I've been over there starting. I think what I've got now, I could show one of our guys and say, this is, this is these are the next steps. I want it to look like this. That's good. So, although you, you I, smell of metal, right? Now, but you so. know, it's my it's my first love, man. It's your, your or my only fragrance, or my only love. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> what I like more: fabrication or playing guitar, right? Which I like a lot. Yeah. As far as hobbies are concerned, of course, I really enjoy hanging out with my children. My, but all right. So here's the the text message. It was a group text. And the sender says, hey, Dan, meet Anonymous. They were just awarded first commercial contract. It's due in September and figured that you Dan, might be a good resource to make sure any contingency for price increases or changes are written into the contract. Hmm. That's a tough one. This so, is a my first thought is the stored material. Yeah, so that's definitely what I would suggest. And what I will suggest to this person is order them, get your submittals done. We talked about that in the submittal episode. You want to get them done quick, right? Get your contract done, your certificate of insurance, your submittals, all of that. And then once the submittals are approved, order the material and bill for stored materials right then, right? And if the customer refuses to pay for stored material, that gives you a leg to stand on six months down the road when they are, say, Okay, now order it. Then you can say, well, look, I tried to order the material. The cost has gone up. Sorry. I tried to order the material. The cost is up. And here we are. I need a change order. Um, but, and those contracts are going to have everything in them to protect the owner and the contractor over you. We've talked about that. Like the, I mean, I don't want to be liable. No. Nope. You no. Know? I don't want to be liable for our subcontractors, but I, you know, to an extent we have to be. Yep. Well, so all the you, way, if not you just were, to an extent. If you were to write a contract, you would protect yourself the same as them. I'm not throwing stones. I'm just saying, like, realistically, that's that's a tough thing. And sometimes you get burned, and sometimes that's just the price of playing the game, unfortunately. Yeah, so I think the immediate response to that is how to cover the i mean because ultimately what are you thinking about there's only really going to be a rise in well i i don't Who know knows, that man. fractional cost rise in the cost of labor or you know say your subcontractor that you bid the job with drops out and you got to hire someone else who's 20 oh, percent you. higher you're not doing nothing about that that's on you right so you can't protect yourself against that so what nope really do we have well you could protect yourself against that if you required that your subs have a bid bond right right but that's not feasible no fence sub is going to get a bid bond to bid a job i mean maybe if it's a you know couple million dollar job or something that may be a different story but for your run-of-the-mill fence job nobody's doing that right and i mean that's on you i it sucks but i i don't know and it depends on the customer you know there's there's two different, there's, well, a lot of different types of people, but some people are really understanding and will work with you and be like, hey, this is what we can do to try to help you out. You know, you just got to have an open conversation with them when something like that happens and say, man, is there anything you can do? Yes, maybe they'll buy the material. Yep. And then there you don't have to worry about the prospective 20 to 30% increase in material over the next eight months. Yep. 
Well, so steel typically is, you know, 5% a year, something like that. But what we've seen over the past few years has been really, it's not Dude. unprecedented because it did happen in the early 70s. But, but 2018 been, was outrageous. It's been a long time. And I basically, I mean, I'm prepared to see that. I don't know to that extent. It was uh, almost a 100% increase. No, there was, it wasn't 18. It was more like 21, but... I think there was a 350% increase in the cost of hot roll ban. So steel went mad for sure. Lumber did too. A lot of people know about lumber, but steel also did the same thing. Which is interesting. I don't, I guess a lot of that still is reflected or reflective of the labor market. Well, your average person is probably more likely to buy a house than they are to buy something that requires a large quantity of steel. So. Anyways, um, so moving on, that that's a whole thing, right? And we have this list to get through. So sorry to, uh, well, and I, I think the goal is kind of to bounce through yep. briefly to some of these things. Thank you for entertaining that. I, yeah, yeah. I saw the email or the text and I thought this is a cool, yeah, this was like 10 minutes before we went live. So it's a cool thing to talk about. Um, so yeah, we're just kind of kind of going to kind of touch on some of this stuff. Like I know we've talked about some of those type of things in the contract documents episodes. There was two of them. Uh, the second one was mainly submittals, but the first one we probably talked about that type of stuff a little bit. I'm guessing. Uh, so we we missed a a bid, a really nice job, and it was because it came down to the last minute. The I was kind of entering into like a joint venture deal and there had been some mention of this job and then all of a sudden it was like hey let's bid this job and there wasn't enough time to get a bid bond mm. right so it's it was a, a pretty significant project and you can i mean i can get smaller bid bonds in a couple hours right and i mean like three four five hundred thousand dollars in a couple hours but if you get into, you know, million plus, yeah, you, you get one, two million dollar bid bonds and those take a little bit of time. There's a more of an application process you have to go through and everything else. So I like if, that they were at least like prompt, gave you a prompt response on not going to happen. Yep. Yep. So there was a few emails exchanged back and forth between me and the, the bid gone our bond guy that we use. And I wish they had a much cooler name than, than bond, bond guy. Like bond. it should be like a, the bondsman. That's good. But I'm thinking, you know, like the, a, the I bid bondsman, not the bail bondsman. <laughs> Cause I'm imagining you had to like trek through like, uh, uh, the countryside to Mordor and go to like the, yeah. Right. That's what I did last night. <laughs> That's why I, you stayed up so late. Yeah. I went, and, <laughs> I went and threw away the ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so um I, I told zach i stayed up all night playing video games like i was 16 or something it was kind of a not a not my proudest moment but things happen so yeah missed out on that because uh we waited to the last minute and then the bond couldn't be done you know so when you get into jobs that have other people involved and more moving pieces and it's the week of christmas and things like that uh you want to give yourself plenty of time so we talked about Zach's been working on the the trade show crate wall box thing, whatever <laughs> whatever we're calling it. 
and yeah, it's a feat of fabrication it's pretty cool there's multiple people right now who are are working pretty diligently to get ready for finstech it's only you mean within the company yes in yes. our organization yes who are those people well, oh sorry yeah Alaria, i'm just today kidding. i just said here can you do this please and she did it I got your business card done. They're coming here. Yeah, yeah. Mine? Yeah. So we actually got paper business cards for the first time. You know, yeah, the link thing was so cool, such a fantastic concept, but well, the time it took to teach people how to use it so it seemed now, like it took away from the convenience. Now what we did was we just put that QR code on the business card so we can send it with them and they can figure it out in their own time. Yeah, it's in the back. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so the front of the card has, you know, multi-branded crazy logo stuff. And then the back of the card has a headshot, a name, and a QR code. So it's Good kind luck. of a it's kind of a combination deal. Our biggest fan just left that as a comment. Oh no. Oh, we have to say something. We can't just sit in silence. The ornamental wizard's creation, my name for the crate. Thank you, Donnie. Because, you know, you want to be the ornamental wizard. I am the ornamental wizard. Are you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. We missed that. I don't remember the the deal we made, but I'm pretty sure I held up my end. So. Uh, okay. I don't know. Was, was it an ongoing? I don't remember. I really like don't remember. Your sales goal within a 30-day period. Or a quarter or something. Yeah. I know. Did it just go on forever, and it just became like? Well, 30, I think if we were to do the average of the year, then oh, you could find a thirty-day period where you hit that goal. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or the quarter, right? Because I think it was only like a quarter million in a quarter. Yeah. Which done right? I think crown me ornamental wizard. All right. All right. All right. Just kidding. So right. we'll be at Finstech. We already talked about we're going to the kickoff party, whatever that thing is called. And we have a booth, 2449, which is going to have the wall box crate thing in it. So come by, see us. We have some stuff we're going to give away. Um, we, and We're also doing giveaways. We, what? We're giving away stuff. So we're giving away stuff and, and doing giveaways. Yes. Oh, nice. Do, is it too soon to let them know what the... Uh, the giveaways are yes it's a major prize a major prize it's huge yeah <laughs> so a major prize come come by for your chance come by to for win for a chance major to prize. right <laughs> all right so, come by at a time so i'd like to make some commitments for 2024 i already did one of these in the last episode i think but this is this is kind of cool um so listeners you will hear more about bidding commercial work Right. That's our our thing. That's kind of the objective. Yep. That's our thing. That's what we're doing. And we so told them that on episode one. We did. But who knows if they were listening or remember? That's been a long time ago. What are you? What's going on? Oh, I'm just reading comments. Yeah. All right. So you're going to hear more about bidding commercial work. Um, we had to go through some things that I felt like you need to know before we could talk about bidding the jobs right there's a lot more to everybody wants to just jump straight to how do you bid a job how do you find a job how do i get a job like well you need to understand what you're getting right it'd be like hey how do i find a tiger oh there's one over there in the bush 
You know, oh. you just run in and tackle it. I, mean, I was just thinking puppy. Yeah, right. You know, so, so you got to understand. You what start you're with a house plant. Okay. Everyone knows that a puppy is fine too, because if you didn't know what it takes to raise a puppy, then you know that that's a good thing too. All right. So um, the commitment, the commitment I've already made before was that uh, we're going to have a a process manual. Right. And I don't know how much is going to be in there, but as much as possible. And I feel like that's going to be an ever evolving thing because once we add 40 processes, it's going to be like, oh, well, what do we do here? What do we do there? And, you know, there's just going to be that constant evolution. So that that will be one thing that I, I do accomplish in 2024. And I want us to be able to work in. You OK? You hot? I want us to be able to work in at least four more states in 2024. What are those states? I don't know. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I just put four. Okay. We, so we're, uh, I know Alyssa has been putting in some work for Missouri. What about Illinois? What about uh, Chicago? So Illinois, I don't think has contractor's license. Missouri does not have contractor's licenses, but you have to get something in like all the municipalities of Missouri, something like that. I don't know. She knows about the rules. I don't really, but, um, and then I want, I want to spend some time and some thought on this whole deliver. Wow. Concept. I think that's pretty cool. And I think mm -hmm. we could do that in every step of our process. And I think that's a very powerful two words right there. What about you? You have any, any quick commitments for, 2024 you'd like to throw out there to the world no i'm with those those are our mutual commitments i think and okay. i don't know that to add anything to that would do much for us um i like the com i'm a big uh proponent or i really i'm excited honestly about the a process manual i i kind of uh -huh. you've talked about that like from the beginning off and on I started one, I think here once before where I was doing like, I was building, um, some of the parts that we make in house. I was making, uh, shop drawings and then a steps one, two, and three kind of thing. I don't really remember what happened. And then a court, uh, over the course of my time here, if there was a machine that needed repair, I would, um, document that in some way and then build these diagrams I remember having, and notebooks and i remember having like all the owner's manuals and diagrams and stuff like that for a few of the machines back then but so that's one thing but i mean when you there's a lot of a process for us to designate or develop i mean i don't know i obviously i'm assuming that the uh employee manual or handbook has been updated in since 1971 or whatever but oh yeah but as far as a lot of like processes practices within the company we kind of just been winging it well so we do have a pretty big policy manual right right it's got a lot of stuff in there but those are policies policies and processes are two different, different things right exactly and we have some processes documented in trainual you remember that? Mm -hmm. So we have some stuff in trainual, but man, it sucks so bad putting stuff in there. Not that it's, you know, 
there's not that it's not user friendly or anything like that. It's just a crap process to sit there and type out every single little step and put screenshots and all of this other stuff. And it just sucks having to do so. All right. So let's try to get through these things. We got 30 minutes. Um, so we had an episode called Cassius King that was back pretty early on. And in that one, we talked about uh, just make sure you have the cash available to you in order to finance jobs. All right. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have money in the bank. I think um, that definitely money in the bank is a good one. But a lot of credit, you know, you can set up job accounts with vendors. Some of them will do that. Uh, you can have assets that you could get loans against. Or, you know, maybe you, uh, uh, maybe you could um, look into doing like a factoring type of setup. I personally have never done it. Wouldn't really suggest it, but I mean, that does exist. So there's other options out there for you to be able to get financing. And there are people that do that. Like, uh, I don't even know. They're not like, I, I know one guy that'll do it. He's not a financial institution, but he has a lot of money and he'll give you a loan, but it's a really high interest rate. And he's not like a loan shark, right? He's, it's not like that, but it's, uh, I don't even know what you would call what this guy does to be honest with you. But, but anyways, you want to have cash available to finance a job. So we talked a bit about that on the episode titled cash is King. We also got into that with our banker. Yeah. On the show, options about how to get some cash and things like that, right? And the things that he he made some suggestions, and then also went into kind of a brief list of things that you could use as collateral. Yep. Um, which what there's uh like three C's, I guess, which is collateral being one, cash being the other. This is what a banker told me once when we were talking about this uh, lines of credit and and things that. Uh, they would look for for uh, small to medium business loans. Um, but either way, I can't remember now what he said, but it was like a handy <laughs> thing that I've now since forgot. That you can't remember. But collateral being one, obviously, yep. and well, cash you, being the other. So there's two out of three. I think you're, we're getting pretty close. Yeah, so you got to have collateral for anything, right? And normally you can get a loan for 80% of a value or a purchase price in some situations. So... They call that uh, LTVs. That's why a traditional mortgage, you have to put a down payment on the house because they'll only finance a certain percentage of, of purchases. So, but um, yeah, yeah, you got to have collateral, some sort of collateral. And in factoring, you're using your receivables as collateral. Again, I don't know much about it. I, I've never done it, but that's just a, uh, that's just a, another option that's out there. So the next thing, be patient. Right. So don't go and bite off a job that's too big for you to handle. And that can mean multiple different things. Right. Don't don't um, agree to complete a project that you're not really capable of completing. So that that's one thing. So look at the scope of the work and make sure that you're OK with doing all of it. And then also the uh, the money part of it. Right. So I actually donnie was listening to one of our episodes earlier and i was talking about this exact same thing in that episode so it's kind of weird but it's uh it's always exciting to go out and sell a big job right but if you can't do a big job then don't sell a big job um so remember if you're doing a hundred thousand dollar job like what's your cost in it 
right? Are you, if you're making 10%, then you got $90,000 invested in that job. You only get to bill once a month. Mm -hmm. So you're billing, you know, somewhere between like the, the 20th and the 26th, somewhere in that neighborhood typically. And it's going to take you at least 45 days to get paid. And then you mess something up, your bill is going to get kicked back until the following month. So just, uh, yeah, if you miss it by a day, then, <clears throat> oh yeah, you miss it by a day. It's going in next month bill. Yeah, for sure. So that's, uh, another kind of to tie that back in with the contract documents. It's important to know what's in your contract documents for your billing requirements. That way you get that stuff right. When you submit it, you don't want to wait till the last minute, submit some stuff and it'd be wrong. And then you find out two weeks later that your bill was held until the next month. So that'll, uh, that can definitely be detrimental to your cash flow there. So you can bill for stored materials typically, as we talked about earlier, impromptu there, impromptuly, whatever. Um, so that it's it's more common now that we'll have to pay for the material before we can bill for it. And so our the the contractor will have a waiver that our supplier will have to sign. We'll have to send them the invoice, the proof of payment. And then have the supplier sign that waiver saying that they have received payment for it. Um, <clears throat> so that that's a lot more typical now, it seems, than it used to be. Before, you could you could play the game a little bit better and you could time it a little better where you might have the material on the yard. You may have been billed for it, but you haven't paid for it yet. And you could go ahead and bill and that would, you know cut down the time that you were out the money for the material and stuff but it seems something that's something like that once that, that's i've a done little, something like that it's a little harder to do now than it used to be it seems so uh I, some contractors will issue joint checks for the material right I, I actually saw that in a contract that i was reading through the other day and i learned about that the first time earlier this year when someone asked me and i had no idea I was like, I'm not sure. It's not really something that I'm familiar with, but I do know some contractors out there will do it. Don't know how it works. I don't know if your supplier has to sell the material to them instead of selling it to you. I don't know. In any of those situations, the contractor you're working for is going to know how much you pay for the material. Right. And Which, I mean, that's one thing we've talked about. When you get into these commercial jobs, it's like be prepared to be transparent. Mm -hmm. I think our first episode, we said the word transparent 30 times or so. I mean, yeah. we we're talking about the spirit of our show and then, you know, that trying to hold your cards close to your chest thing. You basically got to just get ready to be just yeah. honest because there people are going to want to break out of labor and materials. And then obviously, you know, we do that. Well, some, we satisfy that request quite frequently. Sometimes people want it, but sometimes it just happens by way of the way the job is structured. Right. Right. So if you're going to bill for stored materials, well, there's your there's your material amount. And then if you have certified payrolls on the job that you have to turn in, well, there's your payroll amount. So now they know how much you paid in material and how much you paid in labor. I mean, you know, it's not that hard for them to figure out how your job is broken down. And I personally have never had anyone say, what? You only paid that much for material and you charge me that much to install the job. Right. You know, I've never experienced I've, that. I've been in a situation where the contractor was uh, aware of the percentage we marked the material up. Oh, yeah. I mean, so yeah. just get used to being honest. I mean, that's the way. I don't I think that's kind of a juvenile statement to make, or it seems that kin, kind of kindergarten here. But, you know, if you're worried about someone finding out how much you're marking up the material, then 
you might be marking up too much and uh, do like a, a average markup and just you're, be you're ashamed of be what you're doing. <laughs> be prepared to be transparent. Right. You know? I mean, yeah. So uh, retainage too. I didn't put that in my notes here, but you know, retainage or I think right. some people call it like holdback or something like that. But and there's a legal limit. Yep. Intent and that goes state by state. Which Tennessee's five percent. Tennessee only allows five. Right. right? I know uh, Mississippi, you can still do 10. And what is the um, the length of time? Is there a length of time? Indefinite. It's basically until they're satisfied. Yep. And so as I understand, so since we're not, so as not to villainize contractors, because that's not been my experience. Nope. Right? Uh, they're not villains. They're not anyone we have to hide the truth from or lie to. In fact, Ultimately, if you can get down for me, at least get down to the idea that we're each here trying to do something, which is ultimately satisfy our customer with the best possible end result for the job. We're working on the same team. Right. Yeah. So um, this ultimately is their 5% to ensure that you complete the punch list. Well, not even you, but that everyone completes right. it. Exactly. Right? And so that's what's crazy to me. It, it's kind of weird how it works is that they'll hold the 5% retainage from everyone on the whole project until the plumber goes back and fixes a drain that doesn't work. And I mean, I personally have been in situations like that where retainage is held up for months or a year or more because there's some kind of pro problem with the job. And, you know, they're struggling trying to get somebody to come back and wrap something up. I love this. Don't so we've kind of talked. I love how our conversations end up organic in this way. But your next one of your next bullet points is don't lie to get a job. Yeah, and uh, we've already went there. Yeah, you know, it's like don't don't lie to get a job. Be realistic with yourself and with your clients, your customer, whoever that is. Right. So in our episode of scheduling pains, um, so the there's good and bad stories, right? We've talked about how we're not trying to we're not trying to make this overly complicated. We're not trying to make anyone look like the villain. They're, we're all on the same team. We're all trying to accomplish the same task, but you need to know what you're getting into, right? And so there's there's good and bad stories. Typically, the bad stories are more entertaining to tell, right? right. More entertaining to hear. So you hear a lot more bad stories, I think, than you do good ones. But um, I got a bad story. Okay. It's not that bad actually, but basically, so you're familiar with this um police job that we're it started as your job and then yeah. since I've hired on, I've kind of taken over um as project manager basically on that. And yeah. uh the there is no schedule that I'm aware of. I've never seen anything in the contract that says anything about a schedule mm -hmm. issued to us by the contractor nor did we in turn issue them a schedule. And so basically they, uh, the superintendent calls me a couple days in advance and says, no hurry, but can you come out here in three days or so? Mm -hmm. Set some posts. Mm -hmm. Sorry if I'm doing an impression. I didn't mean, but he does kind of sound like that. Either it was super nice, like a very good one. It was a very subtle. It, well, because I I got into it and I was like, I don't, I like this guy, and I don't know how people feel about impressions. Right. So it's like, should I do them or not do them? I don't, I don't mean any. There's no ill intent. Right. In fact, he, he's enjoyable to work with. But our schedule looks a lot like, hey Zach, it's Monday. Uh, doesn't have to be this Monday. Doesn't have to be next Monday. But could you come out and set a few more posts in this footer before we pour the concrete? Right. So is that if if I were in the perception that 
this person is the villain, as I've talked about before, I could easily kind of bristle with some antagonism and be like, hey, goddamn, I'm busy. I can't get out there. And what do you think you're doing? You know, right. but uh, come out here and set two posts at a time. What's wrong with you? But we are. Yep. I mean, and honestly, well, it's been kind of cool. But we're we're only doing that because it's in the gates. Well, it's in a footer. Yeah. So there's V track gates in the post are going in the footing that the v-track will be but when we're out there we're actually i sent them with a pallet full of posts i yeah. said i don't care how i mean set the two that he wants and then ask him where you can start setting and continue a full day right um obviously we know that efficiency is important and setting two posts sucks uh for drive time and all that but also my team does not like to start and stop and start and stop and start and stop no no one does so yeah some of that's part of the game but yeah so horror story i think there's some more scheduling stuff that I got going on right now we could discuss, but I don't think it's really necessary. Yep. And so. we have, uh, we got a few more things. Well, to let's get keep back on a roll. So. Speaking of scheduling. Yeah. Right. So, uh, when you get bid documents there, there typically will be a schedule in there. Well, I won't say typically a lot of times there's a schedule. A lot of times there's not. So it kind of just depends, but be aware if there is a schedule in there. So, you know, completion dates of the job when they have you scheduled to be there and things like that. You don't want to get into a job and look at it and it's going to take, you know, your crew two months to do the job and they've only got you scheduled on there for two weeks. Right. So it's just kind of something to be aware of and have a conversation about pretty early on if that is the case. Well, and I think also throughout the project, it's important to observe if there's something that's going on, say, what the one of the jobs, the dirt work didn't get done like until two weeks before the end of the project date. And so, I, I mean, it seems like a no brainer, but to say designate to either the project manager or, you know, start follow the chain of command obviously start with the superintendent and then get up to project manager if you need to and say hey man you know it's two weeks this fence we told you guys it'd take six to eight to fabricate um so that's an interesting point if you don't include a schedule with your submittals then how are they to know how long it's going to take right so a lot of mine recently uh, we're i'm doing commercial jobs but they're medium i would call a medium sized or you know even small small to medium commercial jobs right um and so that between has been between me and a project manager and sometimes the superintendent is copied which is a fun game of telephone to play but a lot of my designating a schedule to them has been by way of email so that at least there is some documentation yep and that's been one of the things that you've impressed on me is like, if you have a conversation on the job site with a superintendent, send it in a text message or better yet, when you get back to the off office, just, Hey John, per our conversation, yep. uh, six weeks longer for fence fabrication or whatever the conversation was. Yep, that protects everyone. So that's you covering your own butt, but then it's also giving them something that they can look at and say, how long did he say it was going right. to take? Right. Well, and right. also they have bosses too that need to be in the loop or the sometimes the customer is like, hey, what what was said or whatever. So well, and just you know, if you tell them six and then nine weeks later you're still not done, then that's gonna be another conversation too. Sure. So well, so this specific one, the dirt work, we addressed that, hey, the dirt work's just starting. So there's no way I'm gonna be able to meet the initial deadline that we talked about. So, or designate that it means six weeks from the day we set posts yep. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's good to have that communication early, as early as you can. 
Right. Right. And like I said, I think with your submittals, I think it would be good practice to include a tentative schedule and say, you know, basically from the time we start this part until we're done with this part is going to be this long. And, you know, you might break it up into phases or something like that and kind of just let them know how long the job's going to take so they know how to schedule you. I mean, they don't want to get to the end of the job and have a week left and it's going to take three months. Like, they don't want that. So, if we can... Right. Uh, and to just say, well, they never asked, that's not a very good way to have a former ongoing work relationship. That's right. That's right. So... I think this falls into the deliver wow yeah. topic. I yeah. mean, this these are things that we're looking at uh, preemptively or have some foresight to discuss with maybe the the project manager maybe it's their first project yep you know so as fence professionals or being professionals in our trade maybe we should extend that knowledge to the you know i mean honestly i go on jobs i'm pretty young i consider myself to be pretty young i guess and i'm meeting superintendents and project managers who are by appearances significantly younger than me right so it stands to reason that'll probably that, happen more and more as you go through life i, I would imagine so <laughs> but you know what i mean though yeah. my case in point I, it stands to reason that they probably don't have as much experience yep i used to be pretty confident that anywhere i went i was the youngest person that was going to be there you know in this world but as i get older everyone else seems to get a little younger so it's mm. weird yeah wow yeah so I in ironically enough, in that scheduling pains episode, I told a story about a guy who was like some assistant project manager or something like that. And I'm pretty sure it was he was just kind of like thrown into a position he had never been in before. It was his first project. And I'm pretty sure that he didn't make it to the end of the project <laughs> with the general contractor company. But it was it was not very good. So um liquidated damages are a thing so this is another reason to look at the schedule whenever you're going to bid a job and when you're getting you know into the contract and stuff like that um liquidated damages are basically your penalty for being late right and uh there's probably some definition something along the lines of it's costing the owner this much money in lost revenue or additional expenses or you know something like that and, you know, there also is the other piece of that where now the general contractor has to keep a superintendent on site and right. keep porta potties on site in an right. office Prospective trailer on site. security or site fence or yep. any of these things that yep. go into and they the will job. bill you for that stuff above and beyond the liquidated damages. So just be aware of that. But anyways, these damages, I mean, I've sometimes you might see them that are $50 a day and sometimes you might see them that are $10,000 a day. Which is on the, is extreme. Yep. But is that one case that you've seen the 10,000 nope. a day? Nope. Yeah. But that's not just, even the crazy one, right? Uh, what well, was the, the crazy one? The crazy one was, it was a bridge, a four lane bridge and the penalty was $1,250 per lane per hour. Right. So that's a lot. Yeah. And it was a 24 hour day, not like per eight, eight hour, hour operating no. day or no main traffic or school no. hours or whatever. No. So, yep. Here we go. Communicate with the contractor. Communication is a big thing. And you want to be ready when they are. Uh, you don't want to find yourself in the situation where they call you and you're like, oh, well, sorry, we're on another job. 17 states away and it's going to take us four months before we're done there that gets to be a messy situation so 
and it's difficult. It's not easy, but the best way you can try to mitigate that is to try to communicate. And it always seems to be a situation where feast or famine or when it rains, it pours or, you know, whatever saying you want to put along with that, where you sell three jobs and they're going to want you on all three of them at the same time. You know, it, it seems to be that that happens a lot. So I have that. And yeah. I just said, which one do you want me to do first? Well, it, but there's three different customers. Oh, this is the same customer. I missed that part. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. That, same contractor. That that works pretty same well. Same contract, same customer. Yeah. That's a so different like, scenario. Uh, right. You know, we can't be at the same. Yeah. That's part of uh, when we get into these leapfrog scenarios, as I like to call it in the shop, where we got three jobs half done, it's because that's part oh, of yeah. the process. Yep. Well, and also we got a set post to be able to build and yep. I got guys who got to be out in the field setting posts. So yeah, it's, uh, that's some fun stuff. So we've had our, had a banker on here, had an insurance agent on here. We've had Kurt. a vendor banker on here. Kurt. Yeah. Insurance agent. Charlie. Charlie. And vendor. I missed the vendor, which was Brad. Brad. Yep. I missed um, that one, which I would have liked to hear his feedback on. I should watch the episode, I guess. It exists out there in, on the internet. Yeah. So In podcast land. I'm interested in the feedback from vendors on how to better form a vendor relationship. Because I, it's obviously it's easy for me to designate what I want from somebody. Right. Yep. So but we like, have, we've recently entered into a relationship with the, well, maybe we're, we're testing the waters. We're getting some quotes from another vendor. So we'll see how that goes. But I mean, you never know until you try. Right. right. So we, uh, it was somebody that I met at Tony Thornton's fence business conference cool. and one of their sales reps we've gotten, we're working on getting some quotes from them just to kind of feel them out and see how it goes. We'll see what happens. I don't know. But uh, the main thing from all of those, I would say, is have somebody that you can call, right? Somebody you can pick up the phone and call and say, hey, this is Dan and blah, 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 right? Instead of like those, uh, especially with your your banking and insurance and stuff like that. I mean, it's so easy nowadays to just do that stuff through the internet and all you're doing is talking to a computer, right? And if you ever do have to call, you're going to get someone who's, you know, eight dollars an hour in another country and they're going to want to know what your account number is and all of this type of stuff so i think it's important to have somebody you can pick up the phone and you can talk to and you can have some sort of relationship with i i mean obviously i agree with you that the banker and insurance is really important on that level but the relationship that i have specifically with my steel vendor is such that i don't even have to really designate wall thickness yeah. Or I just tell them one dimension and they are so accustomed to the material that we use regularly that he can pretty much fill out the rest. Yep. Well, you so know? that's what you deal with the vendors. Right. Right. You don't deal with the banker or the insurance folks. Well, that's so, exactly I mean, it's, right. it's the same kind of thing. Right. But, you know, I mean, I could order steel from online metal depot or whatever the heck. Yep. And not have that. And I'd yep. have to each time designate that I got the right size thickness. I've changed, uh, not changed, but I'm shopping aluminum vendors. Mm -hmm. And this, the transition to get with uh, the sales rep that they know the sizes and dimensions has been, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say painstaking, but definitely has taken some attention to detail. Right. Um, so that, and that is just, you know, foregoing that five to 10 year 
relationship with the previous vendor there's some hiccups in the beginning kind so, of so you, you know? know i use the same steel rep i bet for probably 12 or 15 years mm-hmm. and so it is exactly like you're saying they know what we use right to the extent that if i mistype something they will ask me if this is right yep it's just what you really want they know what we use. They know what we expect, like as far as, you know, quality and cleanliness and how it's packaged and everything else. And, you know, that's just kind of something that you build over time and there's going to be mistakes. So it, you don't so, want to, you don't want to just dismiss somebody the first time they make a mistake, I guess, but not of paramount importance, but it still is pretty good to have that relationship where you can call. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's the thing. And uh, remember that they are a part of the team, right? You can't install fence if you can't buy the material. Right. So you you can't give someone a certificate of insurance if you can't get it. Like they're they're a part of your team and they help you do what you do. So just remember that. All right. So final one that we wanted to kind of recap on a little bit, and we have seven minutes until we hit that hour mark, is uh the payroll and taxes with Alyssa. We did two parts of this and uh Donnie today was complaining that it was just not very interesting to him. And so I'm going to try to you're going to make it more interesting? No. No, I'm going to try to make this short so nobody falls asleep <laughs> and hits a tree. So uh, first and foremost, understand the difference between someone who receives a 1099 and a W-2. There still is confusion out there about this. And so it's uh, what is that Dunning-Kruger effect? Again, I think it's just the awareness of knowing what you know and what you don't know, right? And it's okay to not know things. So... Uh, Anyways, understand the difference. There's a lot of information available out there. There are IRS publications and rules and everything else that I would say do at least a decent job of explaining it. And there are tax professionals who would be willing to help you as well if you do have questions. Uh, We talked about this a little bit already, but certified payroll. So that's basically a weekly report that's going to show what you paid everyone. Um, it's going to have, normally you'll see in the specs when you're bidding a job, it'll have at least an hourly rate. A lot of them have an hourly rate plus fringe benefits. And those you can use like paid vacation, holidays, insurance, 401k, things of those nature are fringe benefits and go into that. But, um, so you have to show evidence that you paid people the minimum that the, owner typically requires on a project uh there can be auditors that are going around the site and like talking to people out there making sure that they're getting paid what they're supposed to be paid and the rates can be posted on the job site for everyone to see so you're uh just again you know try to try to cut down what you're trying to cheat on i guess is a safe thing to say well, and this is just another one of those things to be vigilant of in the initial contract process yep is this a certified payroll job actually in the bidding process right right? you need to know does it have a buy american act or something like buy america act right does it all have to be domestic material wouldn't that if you end up oops i didn't know and i had to spend 50 percent more on material than i thought i was going to yeah yeah or 50 percent more on labor yeah right oh some of them are mad 
some of them like you know i'm mad i thought you meant in the comment i was like Wait, <laughs> no no no, no. <laughs> i'm mad no like davis bacon uh, is kind of behind the times really right it's at least in our area those rates i i look at them but i mean we're paying more than what those things are calling for anyway but you get some of them like with different municipalities and stuff like that and i mean they'll have some crazy rates on there you know people that are supposed to be getting paid 45 and 50 dollars an hour and stuff like that and so you definitely want to be aware of that and then the domestic stuff and i mean the specs in general the whole you know fence spec section is one thing but like the other parts of the specs like right. the domestic and the the wage rates and the schedule and all i mean if you get into a job and you didn't plan on paying any overtime and then now all of a sudden you're working seven days a week on a job to get it done in the time frame they told you like that overtime will eat you up too so uh payroll taxes are a thing i'm not going to talk about that much but there are some uh tax professionals that could help you out with that and then, not your wife right she is <laughs> uh i mean she went to school for she's accounting smart and all she's of that awesome stuff, she's a fantastic member of the team but don't call her for professional tax help. i am not offering her to answer right. your tax questions I, was this? I was, sorry for anyone that missed the episode she all but extended herself as a as that and i just want to and i nearly have retract stroke. retract that statement or clear up that that's not we are not offering that as a service here from the show and and that's right nothing so yeah, I mean, we're open to have conversations. That's it. But we're not, uh, we're not tax professionals, right? I'm so. not even close. I'll tell you that much right now. I still think I like my tea in the harbor. So, um, that's my favorite joke that everyone else in the room hates. <laughs> and uh, you know, your states are going to have some taxes too. Some of them have gross receipts tax. The state of Mississippi, and there's like I don't know, ten different uh quali are not qualifications but 10 different categories of that depending on what type of job it is and how much it is and all of this and uh of course sales tax use tax things along those lines yeah again tax professionals make use of your local tax professionals That's right <laughs> or your you know state's department of revenue website dude when i was uh running my small business they were so helpful to me yeah and they told me basically like you don't you know there are certain things uh the uh you know the equipment tax they were like here you don't necessarily have to itemize everything we can do a, a quick estimate for you and you could just opt to pay that so there are some ways just that she was that helpful and super nice oh yeah ultimately helpful nice that was my experience yeah with. i think we're all scared right because we all think if we call them we're going to get in trouble well, cause if you don't know and you know, you don't know, then I'm worried that I may have missed something or did it wrong. I so, mean, that's the thing, right? One thing Alyssa said that I didn't put in here, but it's intent, right? right? A lot of times if you do get caught, then I think that's where you'll have to pay the tax liability. But I think that's, uh, will be a big determining factor in your penalties and interest is your intent, right? Did you intentionally break the rules or did you just not know? Did you try to do it right? And you still you know didn't but um and then the final thing my final note for 2023 says if you teach cheat the tax man that can get ugly if you teach the tax man yeah 
Uh, have you ever, yeah. um, by chance, cheated the tax man? Do no, you have any? Absolutely not. Okay. Well, I had to ask. It sounded like it was from some place of experience. I've heard. This I've is Donning Kruger effect. You think you know more about cheating the tax man? Apparently. I don't think I know anything about cheating the tax man actually <laughs> i'm just goofing off um i've heard some stories uh there was a guy actually that when i first started as a helper i was a you know toter and fetcher on his truck and he had i guess i don't know if he had his own company that he ran on the side or you know something along those lines but basically he got caught not paying taxes and i think he's they gave him a bill for like a hundred thousand dollars. Yikes! And this was back in like two thousand six or seven or something. That's a lot like of that. money back then, right? <laughs> I mean, it was a lot different than it is today. No, no, I'm just. Kidding. I mean, it's a I'm lot of money today, off. but it right. was you know different. No, then. I'm just kidding. And uh, yeah, I mean, he was just a guy that ran one of our wood trucks, and I don't know how much money he made. You know, I'm gonna, maybe twenty bucks an hour or something like that, and. I mean, you get a hundred thousand dollar bill at twenty bucks an hour, and Yikes. still got to live. So. That's heck! Wow, man, that's crazy. Yep. Well, let's wrap it up. It's time. Let's wrap it up, man. We're done. Yeah, we made it through the stuff. We made it through the year. I had some questions, but I held my questions, and I I will just talk about it off camera. Uh, I can't actually now. I can't remember what they are, so that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, works out for me. So thank you guys <laughs> wrapping again, wrapping up 2023, uh, looking forward to 2024. We are going to a trade show and hopefully there will be another, uh, Vegas show and well, there will be, so we'll be at multiple, we'll be for sure at Finstech and at the fence show. And our whatever. commitment to you is to talk more about selling commercial fence jobs right is that it yeah we are going to tell you how to bid jobs i promise okay that's gonna, the question that gonna, is the eternal question i know i know be scared of the tax man but how gotta bid this job daniel yep how am i gonna bid this job i want to extend a challenge to any of our listeners and viewers out there i think we've I, we've unearthed two fantastic fence trade names if you don't have any boys or or girls, I guess, children. I think I want to hear somebody have named their children uh what'd you what'd you call them? Hold on. Toter and Fetcher. <laughs> I want a Toter and I want a Fetcher born in twenty twenty four in yeah. honor of Powerhouse Fence Show. <laughs> I was trying to We're think We're gonna of, meet how, what are you supposed to call it? In twenty I don't know, it's awesome. In twenty twenty nine we're gonna see two five five year old twin boys at the fence show and they're gonna be named Toter and Fetcher. Yep, that's gonna be great. And we're going to autograph their foreheads. Is that right? Toter and Fetcher. I, I don't I'm going to give them a job. Or what do you do? Like, I, I'll give you some money. I, something. I'll give somebody $5 per child. Five bucks per child? Yeah. Man, somebody might take you. <laughs> I was going to say you'd give them 500 What? You won't do it? To name their child Toter? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if if you can produce evidence that you legally named your child Toter or, or changed Fetcher, your name, what if they changed their name? Yep, I got five. <laughs> I got you. I got five hundred bucks for you. I'm changing it, bro. It's gonna be Fetcher Shoe. Fetcher Shoe. Toter Shoe. It should be Shoe Fetcher. That does. That's not the rules. Uh, or is it? I don't. Any know. name you change any name to Toter? I guess. 
What if like 20 people showed up and they're like, I changed my middle name. All of the guys from uh, that fence company from out west. What was oh, their company yeah. called? What was that called? The one in, it was in California, right? Dang. I can't believe we don't remember. Yeah. I want to call it like a ranch because they all dress like ranch hands. I want to, to call it range. I don't even know what a ranch hand ranch. is. It's my favorite word. To Wait, say. was it called? It was called ranch fence, wasn't it? I thought it was called something ranch, but either way. Those guys were cool as crap, actually. But it yeah. sure would be hilarious if all 19 of them who won all the 100 bucks from putting yeah. showed up and said, yeah, hey, they, we heard your new challenge. I don't know how. They were all the best putters in the world. All 19 of them. started cleaning us out. Yeah, we set up a putting green at the show, which we might not now since the ranch fence people. I think it's called ranch fence. I'm calling them ranch fence. Yeah. Uh, super nice young dudes in early 20s, but they all, they should, we, we roll out a putting green and put out a hundred dollar bill. And if you stop the ball with, you know, hit it with the putter, stop the ball on the hundred bucks, you get to keep it. And like five or six of those guys somehow killed they were, it. They were tearing it up. Like the only people. Yeah. I mean, so I, I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't yep. put it past them to show up with a belt buckle on that says toter and then win the hundred bucks. <laughs> you know? So now they get 600. Right. Yeah. That's right. I don't know if we can afford the putt putt on account of them. All right. Well, thanks for watching. Thanks for being with us this year. It's been fun. It's been cool. And we'll see you again next year. In the house.